Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Like you said, Shelby, $380,000 after insurance or after taxes, everything, 160, 100,000, whatever. I'm gonna go and blow it on this, this, and this, and not mm -hmm. think about next year. Well, what if you get hurt or you get cut next year and no other team picks you up? Yep. Then what are you gonna do? And you might have five, ten thousand dollars in the bank. That's it. And then and the thing about athletes, right, is they're one of the biggest statistics that I preach, right, is that on average, it takes three and a half years for an athlete to rebrand themselves, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of the media always talks about, oh, athletes are so stupid, mm -hmm. and they, they blow their money. They're not stupid. Yeah. They just don't know because for the first 25, 28, 30 years of their life, they were ridiculously good mm -hmm. and in one percentile of one of their tasks. Yeah. Right? So, like, am I stupid because I don't know how to unclog a toilet? No. I'm not stupid because I don't know how to, you know, how to do my taxes. No one calls me stupid, right? But the moment an athlete messes up or, you know, does something, oh, he's so Labeled stupid. Labeled stupid, yeah. So he's not stupid. Mm -hmm. They just don't know, yeah. right? And they're not being taught. And, you know, that's that's a negative thing about the you know, athletes, the picture that media paints it. Yeah. And they don't paint, they don't talk about, you know, all the good things athletes do, right? Because that doesn't doesn't create clicks, yeah, right? Exactly. It doesn't. No one cares that Nolan Carroll has a a nice house <laughs> and has a podcast, yeah, yeah. and they doesn't really have negative. to work. You know what sells? The Nolan Carroll's stuff. broke. Yeah. What an idiot. Exactly. Made twenty million dollars. Everybody just figured. Oh man, look at that. Only if I was like Nolan Carroll, yeah. right? Like only if I could make that money, I could do so much with it, right? They say that after the fact. But an athlete needs three and a half years because in that three and a half years, they stop, they put the, they close their book on playing sports, mm -hmm. or basketball, football, baseball, hockey, whatever, mm -hmm. golf, right? Mm -hmm. And they start figuring out what they like, mm -hmm. what they're good at, right? Because I did this while you were playing sports, yeah. while you playing for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. I was doing that in my 20s, mm -hmm. right? I went to college, I had different internships. You didn't have internships in college because you were playing on Saturdays, yeah. right? I took a one job. I didn't like it. I took another job. I didn't like it. I took a fourth job. I had 15 jobs before I was before, 30, yeah. right? I tried different things. Athletes can't do that. Mm -hmm. So what they do is that they have to figure out fast. And on average, that time frame is three and a half years. The problem with that three and a half years is that while you're figuring things out, life doesn't just stop, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You have bills. Yeah. You have kids. Yeah. You have... Shit happens, like mm -hmm. house burns down or car breaks down yeah. or your parents die or your wife leaves you, right? Or you might have to get surgery or something. You Anything need you money. Yeah. So a lot of times athletes don't go broke because they're stupid. Yeah. A lot of times athletes go broke because it takes three, four, five years to take the next steps in life. Yeah. And while they're figuring out those next steps in life, they're spending money that they've accumulated while they're playing. Yeah. And if they, not every athlete accumulated 10, 15, 20 million dollars, a lot of these guys made two, three, four, five million dollars. If that. If that if pocketed that. two, three, you know, they have, they left with 500 to a million and that's supposed to last them their whole life because that's what average Bob wants to say. There's no way. Right? And it's, it's funny because I think it was my second or third year, there was a corner, I don't want to say his name, but he said that exact same thing. He was going through all the math we were getting ready to go out to practice. He was telling me that if, I can save or get $6 million, I'm set for the rest of my life. 
And I'm, I was thinking, well, you got four kids, you got a wife, you live in California. That's not gonna last you what, maybe three years, if that, because your kids get older, your kids start Number getting 27? into- 27? No, uh, the 31. Okay. You know? I think, we'll talk after. He, he was there for like a couple of years, but okay. when I started thinking about it, and then when I went to Philly and I got my contract, I was like, well, I just have a kid. I'm renting a property in Philly that I don't own. I have a house down here, not yep. this house. But then I bought my dad a car. I have my sister. She's going to school, so I'm helping her with her stuff. And I'm just thinking of the next four or five years out. I'm like, man, how can he say that he can live off of this when me, myself, getting a $5 million contract, just looking at it, if, if I were to continue, there's no way I'd be able to sustain two houses help everybody in my family and still live the life I want to live. Yep. So then I started thinking about what do I want that five-year plan to kind of look like? And it was just more about precautions and what I needed to do, where I needed to put money. Guys, we were talking about before, guys do not think that way. They only think in the moment. And it comes back to, I don't know if it's just the glitz and glamour, the, the what people want them to see, but it's so crazy because you, you bring up that athletes, they, they tell them or they, they point the finger, oh, this guy went broke doing such and such. But at the same time, they want to see these athletes dress well for game day. They want to see what their lifestyle is outside of football, what their interests are. They want to see those things, but then they blame them because they go broke or they make the wrong decisions or wrong investments and they're not guided. So what would your advice be? Because you've been on both sides. You've been on the agent side and I, I knew you when you were doing that. Yep. So you were around guys, you saw what the lifestyle was, how guys like to party, go out, do trips, and then you went on the other side of it, insurance, how to protect yourself. What is the advice you can tell a guy to keep in the back of his mind to let him know that, look, you know football's not gonna last forever, but don't get caught up in the lifestyle of how it is. Protect yourself so you can have peace of mind to go out and play as well as you can play, and then when you're done with the game, at least you can come out and just say, I did everything I needed to do for however long I played, whether it's three years, five years, 10, 15, and now I'm good. Educate, right? So everything is educated and everything. So I will always tell guys, um, become friends with guys who are ending their careers. Uh -huh. Because I've learned that the guys on the end of their careers, they see the end and they've dealt with the bullshit, the cutting, the trading, the, yeah. the signing new deals, moving, families, right? Seeing guys go broke and befriends the older players because the older players that care will, sh they want to help you. Mm -hmm. They do. People want to help if yeah. you want to be helped, yeah. right? And that's the only thing advice I can give you because there's no advice. There's sadly, you know how like back in when there's king and queens, right? Mm -hmm. And an old king dies and you know, a new youngkin who's only 10 years old has to become the king now, mm -hmm. right? And he's gotta wear the big boy pants like this. Yeah. Well, no one cares, the, the, the poor farmer doesn't care that the king is only 10 years old, that's his king, Yeah. right? An athlete has to look at it like that. It doesn't matter that you're 20, you're now responsible. You're, and an athlete, the biggest thing that I always tell anybody I talk to in sports is that you have to treat being an athlete as a business. Because, and I'll use you for example, like your body of work was generating three, four million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. There are successful businesses that people would kill for to have mm -hmm. to generate that kind of money. Mm -hmm. And you treat yourself as, you got PR, you got marketing, mm -hmm. right? Your body is your business, yeah. right? And that's where, you know, the insurance ties in into so protecting your business to protecting your ability to make money, mm -hmm. right? And 
if you have a gas station, right? You want your gas station to pump gas. Yeah. If you have a restaurant, you want your restaurant serve to serve food, right? The kitchen has to work. Yeah. Right? So as an athlete, you are a multi-million dollar business mm -hmm. that in order for you to get paid, your body, your kitchen, your motor has to work. Yeah. That's all it is. It's simple. And it's just, you know, there's so much media now. Like, you know, when you were playing and I was on an agency side, social media and information wasn't that accessible. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't. Yeah. Like, we've, this has evolved in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. I was just telling my girlfriend that I was explaining to her how MapQuest used to work, right? I'm like, <laughs> like you go and print out MapQuest and then you hope that you did the right directions because yeah. you can't re-Google it. No. You print it out and, you know, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. This wasn't like 30. Yeah. It was in 2008. I remember living in LA before uh, living here uh, and I was in sales and... I would print out MapQuest. It's 12 years ago. Like, that was like before not, you left your house. It had yeah, to be you printed print it out. out. Yeah. And if you, if Nolan gave me Boulevard instead of Street, and yeah. now I'm stuck somewhere in plantation, I can't regoo. I have to call you. Yeah. By the way, I call you from a payphone. Oh yeah. And I'm like, Nolan, I can't find your house. And you're like, Ah, oh, dude. <laughs> you know, I actually gave you the wrong. It's actually eight seven one, etc. Right. Yeah. And so things like you just have to learn mm -hmm. and you have to adapt and you go do it mm -hmm. that's it and you have to protect your business and there oh it's like i got you. so there's so much information out right lebron comes out and goes russell wilson i spent a million dollars on my body yeah not everybody can spend a million yeah. but you understand like what comes out is like my body is how i make my money yeah lebron's been playing for 20 years mm -hmm. right and that's how he's able to last 20 years because he spends so much on his money. He's reinvesting in your money. Mm -hmm. He's reinvesting in his business because the longer he played, the better the brand is. Yeah. Right? Stronger, I guess. The stronger the brand is, yeah. right? The longer you can play, Udonis Haslam keeps signing for these minimum wage deals, right? <laughs> like, the guy's a god in Miami. Yeah. The guy hasn't played in a basketball game in five years, I think. Probably. He just is, well, he's a good coach. That's the thing about it. He's, he, and that's what they signed him for. But they signed him as a player. Yeah. <laughs> and he keeps making the brand, and now everybody sees Udonis Haslam on equal level as Wayne Wade. They were, if you look up their numbers, close. he was a role player. Yeah. But because he stayed in Miami for 18 years, mm -hmm. he now is on the same level of, as Jason Taylor, Dwayne Wade. That's true. Udonis Haslam. That's definitely right? true. Yeah. That's, it's all brand. So you want to reinvest in your body because your body is how you make the money. Yeah. That's all it is. And that's a good thing that you brought up. And for those of people that don't know, conversations with Carol were here. I didn't get to do yeah, the introduction. <laughs> nah, so we just started well, talking, which is good. I feel like we're talking. They're all kind of got We are. They just started going. They're... But I just want to welcome everybody to Conversation with Carol. I'm here with Eugene Dorfman, who is the president of Pro Player Insurance. He's somebody that I've known for once I got into the league. I've I met you. What since year was that? 2010. 10. Yeah, I yeah. was just I just You just had started. Yeah, yeah. and I, I remember... Just be here and there. I would see you. I'd be around you either at Dolphins games. I see you around players, but I've seen agents that are around players that just want to hang out and party and show them the, the glitz and glamour life. And then I, there would be times I'd be around you, well, when you were with David, and we just talk. But it would be more knowledgeable stuff. It'd be information about what you need to look out for, what you need to be aware of, how you view your your career to go. And and for me, that was inspiring because that's when I started really looking at my career in a different way instead of just oh I need to get on the field I just need to play I just need to make my money so I can buy the cars I can get the clothes I can do all these material things but the, the more I started progressing each year and the more I was ex exposed to different people the more I began to see my career 
as something that I need to sustain, like you said. It needs yeah. to be a brand, and it needs to be something that, at the end of the day, is strong. So for the people that don't know you, you now do insurance. You were on the agent side for yep. how long? On and off for since probably I moved here to work for a sports agent. Mm -hmm. And so on and off from 08 to probably 15. Okay. And so then after that, you got into insurance. I now. got into insurance, and um, I got fired in 17 from the insurance company. Um, yeah. So, you know, and I think a lot of times you need that oomph in your life, right? Because I, I don't think I ever would make the push because I was making good money. I was living a life, you know, I didn't have any, I don't have any kids, I don't have family, right? Mm -hmm. And I was living in a high rise in Miami. I had my BMW. Mm -hmm. I buy yeah. nice clothes. Yeah. I go out when I need to nice restaurants. So life was good, right? Mm -hmm. And I still part-time with, with the athlete side, mm -hmm. right? And um, it was great. I got fired and um, I was, I got fired January 11th, 2017. And it was like a shock. I've never been fired before. So mm -hmm. I always recruited my whole life since college. Everybody always recruited me to come to work for their place, yeah. right? And I got fired and I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, yeah. And it was so, it was resonating with me so much. Like it was so, I was so disgusted. Like, I'm like, man, I'm 33. And I didn't want what happened to me today happened to me when I was 53, yeah. right? Yeah. Because, you're not as mobile, right, mm -hmm. older on. And I realized, I'm like, I never want to be fired again. Yeah. And I've interviewed different companies and nothing felt right. I got six job offers. And I was unemployed from January until March, right? And um, I had some money saved, so I didn't collect unemployment because it was arrogant. My yeah. ego didn't allow me to do yeah. that, right? Which I wish I did now. Like, <laughs> it's free money, who yeah. cares, right? Yeah. Um, and I decided to take all the skills that I had, which is, being around NFL players primarily at that point, mm -hmm. right? So I have NBA clients now, MLB clients, entertainers. Uh, but NFL players, I knew insurance. I knew I'm always good with people. I've always been deep, a good people person, yeah. right? I've, I got most talkative in my high school, yeah. always been friendly. Um, and I put it all together more or less in a blender, yeah. right? And when I blend it all in together, I said, I, can, I know how a sports agency works. I know insurance. If I can take insurance and move like a sports agent, I think I can be somewhat successful. Now, this was just an idea in my head, yeah. right? And a lot of people actually call me an idiot. They're like, what? Like, there's no insurance, professional insurance for athletes, right? Mm -hmm. There's no, there's a few. There's like, I think a guy in New York, there's a guy in Cali, but there's 800 agents just in NFL, mm -hmm. right? There's thousands of financial advisors. I think there's like 20 on Las Olas, yeah. right? Yeah. And, um, I decided, I said, I want to be able to, I didn't want to sell like suits, right? Because yeah. I didn't want athletes, I don't want something that not needed, right? Cliché I want to be needed. Yeah. And I wanted also, what I liked, to, I didn't like about be working in, as an agent is that the relationship kind of sort of ends once player stops playing, yeah. right? Now you, you're friendly with all your players laughter, but the, the relationship kind of fizzles mm -hmm. out just a little bit, mm -hmm. right? And I wanted the longevity of the relationship. I wanted to be involved and I wanted to help. I truly wanted to help, mm -hmm. right? And the reason for that is because I resonate myself a lot with athletes because I grew up dirt poor. I'm a Jewish immigrant from Russia. My parents came with nothing. My dad delivered pizzas for the th first three years. My mom works in daycare, right? And I grew up dirt poor where, mm -hmm. like, I remember trying out for wrestling 
and they're like, you need wrestling like cleats or whatever in seventh grade. Shoes, yeah. And I came up with like in Chuck Taylors. That's the only shoes I had, <laughs> right? And they're like, oh, a Russian kid, like we need wrestling shoes. You can't mm. be on the mat. And I was like, well, I can't wrestle because my parents can't buy me $40 wrestling shoes, right? Oh. So I wanted to help athletes. Yeah. I want because a lot of athletes, 80, 90% of an athlete comes from a poor family, mm -hmm. not knowing financial and just business of life, right? Yeah. And I kind of put all the ideas together in a blender, came up with, you know, doing insurance for athletes. And um, that has evolved now uh, with hard work and persistency and doing right things. And that evolved into um, a real company that, you know, I have clients um, in football and basketball, baseball, entertainment. And uh, I'm advising now on all sorts of insurance, right? Mm -hmm. So from life insurance, to disability insurance, to loss of value insurance, we'll touch back on that later yeah. on, uh, to home, auto, umbrella, uh, jewelry, right, protecting. And what I've kind of came up with is the guy that protects young athlete that has a lot of money, yeah. that needs to a lot of, to protect the way he earns that money mm -hmm. and everything that he gained materialistically from playing, yeah. right? And that's kind of where I'm at now. That's pretty good, especially, and I want to go back to when you were in the agent life and some of the things that other people don't see, society doesn't see on the outside, but you got a chance to see it firsthand. What were some of the downfalls that you continually saw? And we always hear about a player going broke or doing something wrong, but what were the actual things that you saw players doing that contributed to those things that people always just see at the, as the end result of a player, you know, misusing his whole fortune that he's worked so hard to obtain. It's, I think, something I see now in, in disability insurance is I think that guys don't think that this is ever going to end. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they don't think that is because it actually never ended for them in their life. Yeah. Right? So if you think about it, you were a great peewee football player, right? I actually, I didn't play peewee. No. Most of the guys Most were, guys, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Then they were incredible high school athletes, yeah. right? Incredible. Yeah. Everybody wanted them. Colleges were coming in. Like, if you made it to the NFL, you had yeah, multiple offers uh -huh. from college. Then you go to college, and on that team, you're probably the best, mm -hmm. right? The elite. The all, everybody wanted a piece of you. Everyone talked to you. Everybody recruited you. Everyone at events, right? And then you're NFL, and now you're representing one of the 32 cities. Yeah. Major markets. Yeah. There's almost a national holiday named after football for Super Bowl, <laughs> right? Yeah. You, you play in from 60,000 people. As long as you play for the team, everybody wants you out of their events, mm -hmm. et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. You just, as an athlete, people don't think that it's gonna, ever going to end. Yeah. And then when it ends, it ends so abruptly. Yeah. And then no one cares, right? Like, yeah, that's true. No one cares. And even there's a high statistic that 85% of athletes get divorced after playing. This is crazy, right? And I, and I was thinking, I was trying to figure out why that happens. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens because the woman they marry, they marry one guy, and when the guy finishes playing, that's a completely different person. Yeah. And you're that person for the next 60 years, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that that changes, right? As a woman that's getting married to a guy that's uh, one way, right? And yeah. when they finish playing, they're different. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of athletes, their biggest obstacle to overcome is understanding that this is going to end sometime. Yeah. And the ones that are most successful post-career that I've talked to are the ones that are like, yo, this has ended, great. What's my next chapter? Mm -hmm. What's next? And the ones that know that this is going to end while they're playing. 
the ones that I find that are successful mentally and happy and have moved on to different ventures are the ones that are doing stuff while they're playing yeah. to make sure that their post-career is successful. Mm -hmm. And they're not like blinking, you know, the career end and they're like, what do I do now? Yeah. Um, and what skills do I have? Because yeah. you, now you remember, like when you finish playing, you're 30 years old. Yeah. It's like you're a brand a new life. Person, like if you wanted to be a doctor, you wouldn't even be a doctor yet because you'd be finishing up your residency. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. If you want to be an attorney, you're just finishing up your, you know, first few years at, of legal practice. Yeah. Right. Like, most athletes finish playing, and now they got to figure out their life out, and yeah. they got to find stuff to do. Most of them actually need to make a living. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. You got to be happy. You got to find happiness. Right. Mm -hmm. You got to find that cheese. Right. Yeah. And um, and you need to figure out what you like. Yeah. Right? And all of that has to happen while you're playing. But so. I think that's hard because for so long, and I remember Tom Brady was the one that said this first, that I have no plan B, just plan A. And I think guys mix that up a little bit because Tom Brady's set. He's got all these things yeah. that are just for him. He's good. His wife makes more than him. Yeah, he's exactly. Good. He's fine regardless. But I think guys mix that up because they think plan A is just football. I don't I don't need to think about plan B at all because plan B does not matter. I'm I'm in the trap of I'm playing football. I've been playing it for 15, 16 years. This is all I need to focus on. This is all I need to do because then I can start doing all these other things. But you're saying have that in the back of your mind now and be prepared for it, not for expecting it to happen, but knowing when it does happen, you're set. And I don't think enough guys keep that in their mind because they're so scared that, well, if I have a plan B, I'm taking away from my plan A. And that's what scares guys, and I think that's what gets them sort of in the trap. And now you've transitioned from the agent side to the insurance side, and you've gained, you've, you've protected a lot of guys. I, I saw it, uh, you tweeted, you had 100 million worth of just insurance that you've accumulated from just various athletes. So you were able to see- 100 million insured. In insurance, I yeah. mean, insured players. You have seen, in a sense, you look down the road as far as what a player needs, and we talked about it a little bit outside, was the different types of insurance that guys don't even think about, and I didn't even know about until you told me, with families, with friends, with disabilities, of different types of insurance, and we we had talked that if a guy's coming on his contract here, and I did it three different times, and the first time I did it, and I was presented with insurance, I was thinking, I don't need this, because you're not gonna get hurt. that's what I was thinking yeah. the whole time. guys tell me, Eugene, I'm not gonna get hurt. Yeah, and they, they look at, and we were talking about numbers, I, I paid, $20,000 for $2 million insurance yep. my, my last year in Miami. And when I paid that, I was just like, man, why am I paying this? Because I'm not going to get hurt. But then I'm looking at the other side, well, shoot, I can get my dad this car or I can buy these clothes or I can go out to this club. That's what I want to use my money for. But when I had to sit down and think about the longevity of my career and how I wanted to be, this was a, a step of precaution just in case something did happen. I would have the peace of mind to know that even if next year I don't play, I still have that $2 million that I had as insurance. So for you, being on the insurance side, how can you explain that for not just athletes, but for people in general to protect themselves in the One future? One word, hedge. Uh -huh. Right, so a lot of times you hear in financial world, right, in stocks and investments and real estate, hedging, uh -huh. hedge your risk, right, arbitrage, uh -huh. right? Hedging, 
your insurance is not gonna, you know, put a band-aid on a career, right? It's just gonna hedge the risk. Mm -hmm. So you know, so let's use you and your contract year, right? Mm -hmm. Nolan Carroll was in a contract year, right? Mm -hmm. You knew that 365 days from today, you were going to get a, call it, $10 million contract, mm -hmm. right? You knew the only way you don't get this contract is if you get hurt in the next 16 games. Mm -hmm. Or you get a car accident, you slip and fall in the shower, mm -hmm. your girlfriend gets mad at you and throws a bottle of tequila at you, right? Like, I, <laughs> like but you knew as long as like there's something doesn't happen mm -hmm. to your body, mm -hmm. you're getting 10 million, yeah. right? Like, you're good enough, you've now proven that you're good enough, mm -hmm. right? So the only thing you wanna do is hedge against the risk. Yeah. All insurance, insurance, right? People hate the word insurance. I like to use risk, mm -hmm. right? What's your risk, yeah. right? You know that if you tear ACL week one, your risk is not so big because you're gonna recover and you're gonna be good, re ready to go, right? Yeah. But what if you tear ACL weeks 15? Mm -hmm. What's yeah, your risk good. now? Your risk is not the 20,000 that you spend on insurance policy. Mm -hmm. Your risk actually is $10 million yeah. because that contract is not happening anymore, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So the way you have to look at insurance is, I just wanna limit my risk, right? I know today I don't have any more contracts in football, right? Or basketball, mm -hmm. right? In a year from now, I'm gonna get $10 million. I just wanna protect that little golden nugget like that the future, I wanna protect that $10 million. I'm not protecting Nolan Carroll's body now. I just know that the only way for me not to get this $10 million is if my body gets injured, mm -hmm. hurt, or get diagnosed with a disease like kind of happened with like Chris Bosh, right? Yeah. Very weird, right? Yeah. And I'm gonna use an example that I use a lot because it was very substantial and actually numbers behind it. DeMar remember DeMarcus Cousins, yeah. NBA player. Mm -hmm. In 16 or 17, he was a career year with Pelicans. And in January, on the last end of the season, like you know, he tore his Achilles. Yeah. He, I know he didn't have insurance because I actually threw information. I knew he didn't, mm -hmm. right? He then was rehabbing and he knew, and teams knew that he won't be able to ready for another year till January. There was no market for him. He was supposed to be a max guy. Mm. He was gonna get 40 million a year for four, right? 160, 150, Dang. right? He signed for 5 million with Golden State. And they spun it as, you know, a prove it deal. Right? Yeah. It wasn't a prove it deal. Yeah, he was, was good enough. Wasn't, yeah. There wasn't any market out there. Yeah. Right? Uh -huh. Achilles, he never recovered from Achilles, right? Uh -huh. Then he signed with the Lakers for $3 million uh -huh. last year, not this oh, year, but last year. Yeah. Yep. Then he got released. And you've never heard from Marcus Cousins again. I had no idea. Okay. DeMarcus Cousins made $8 million. I don't know what he collected. I don't know the incentives, but I know contract wise, five and three, uh -huh. right? Have he had insurance? He wasn't protecting DeMarcus Cousins. He was protecting that 40 million a year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's all it is. That's all insurance to hedge. It's don't buy insurance because you just want to say you have insurance. Mm -hmm. No, I went on the record saying I don't think Dak Prescott really needed insurance mm -hmm. because the way his contract was set up and he was already making $35 million and the way the language of the loss of value uh, was worded like I don't think he needed that specific insurance. Yeah. Right? And you just want to hedge against the risk of not getting to that goal. Gotcha. And your goal, the only thing that stops you from getting to that goal is time. Yeah. 
right? And what could happen in that time. Yeah. That's all it is. I don't think people look at that enough. And I also want to bring up, my mom won't let me say it, which is, I'm pissed. <laughs> the eight F's of insurance. All right, let me pull it up. <laughs> she so, won't let me cuss on here. I won't, oh, then I don't want to get in trouble. No, you, are, you got free game. You don't have to. No, no, to. no, because now, now you said your mom, now my mom's going to listen and she's going to call me. And oh, man, no, don't let that happen. No. So, all right. Mom, so I listen gonna, to you. Yeah, well, no swearing, so we're going to use Fs, right? <laughs> but So there's eight Fs, right? Uh -huh. And I use that as eight categories uh -huh. of things that could go wrong. Yeah. Right? And so you have disability, right? In case your ability to make money in your current profession gets effed up. Yeah. Right, so if you can earn a living doing what you're doing, I want to buy an insurance policy mm -hmm. to protect that. Because that's if I can't sell insurance, I want to protect that. So I have a disability policy on my insurance ability to sell insurance. Yeah. Right. Loss of value. This is for athletes. Mm -hmm. If you're in one year away from your payday, so only so loss of value. And I want to clear this air right for a lot of people say loss of value. Like ESPN talks about loss of value. Like it's just. You can buy loss of value like lossofvalue.com and you can get it, right? No. Loss of value is for top tier players mm -hmm. who are in the last year of their deal. Okay. Meaning, uh, Tua just became a starting quarterback for the Dolphins. He can buy loss of value. Yeah. He just can't, there's, he can't get it. He's not in a contract. He'd buy a disability insurance to protect against career ending injury. Mm hmm. He can buy certain body parts insurance, but he can't get a loss of value. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, man. <clears throat> you can buy injury insurance, so like you tear ACL. Put it on my legs. Yeah, you tear ACL. Mm -hmm. You um, no, you can't buy a body part itself. I misworded. You oh. can buy against an injury. So there's it's called critical injury rider. Mm -hmm. So on a disability insurance, you can buy that. If you tear your ACL, you get three hundred thousand yeah. dollars. If you're Tore your Achilles, you get, but it's the the money is not that big, so mm -hmm. a lot of times it's hard to justify the cost. Gotcha. Um, life insurance. So this life is insurance is important. So I do a lot of life insurance. So the quality of life of your loved ones doesn't get effed up in case you're unexpectedly gone, right? And the the what I want my clients to ever think when we talk life insurance is close your eyes, you didn't wake up today. Mm -hmm. What life do you want for your family, mm -hmm. right? If you're like, we're good, don't buy life insurance. Yeah. But if you have a one, two, three-year-old kid that you want him to go to Harvard, mm -hmm. or you want your wife, you want your wife to maintain a certain lifestyle, right? Buy life insurance to protect your family because life insurance only works when you're no longer here. Yeah. Like you as a human actually won't be able to uh, get the use of what you're gonna buy, exactly. right? Yeah. Unless you buy cash value life insurance, but that gets complicated, but just very, very basic thinking, mm -hmm. right? House, in case your house gets effed up. It's simple. You have your house. You work hard for your house, right? Mm. You want to protect your house. I have a client that is a multi-multi-millionaire, not an athlete. He looked at the cost of insurance for his house, and he said, I'm going to self-insure it because I can afford, you know, he did the math, and he's like, insurance was 50, 60K for his house. Mm -hmm. It's a house on the water, right? Mm -hmm. He said, look, in 15 years, I can take that money, reinvest it, and then I can buy a new house, yeah. right? So I'm going to gamble and I'm going to say I'm going to self-insure myself, right? Mm -hmm. But that's a decision you want to make. And I said, it's fine with me, right? Yeah. Like as long, but you make that decision, yeah. right? Umbrella. So umbrella is so, so, so important for athletes mm -hmm. because contracts are so public now, yeah. right? So anybody can Google your contracts. Yeah. I can Google what you made in your career yeah. to a penny. Yeah. 
So umbrella insurance is a bridge between your house and your auto insurance and your personal bank account. Okay. So here's your house and auto insurance. Here's your bank account, right? Mm -hmm. You do something where you're, somebody hurts in your house, right? I slip, I believe right now I slip and fall, right? And I'm like, man, I, time to make some money, right? I get an attorney, I sue you. Uh -huh. Your house is liability insurance, right? Yeah. But I really hurt myself, and your liability is only 250000 mm -hmm. I mean, a million dollars. This is a million-dollar body, yeah. right? And I sue you for a personal bank account now. Yeah. And now your personal assets are affected by it. Gotcha. Umbrella insurance protects you from your, it's a kind of a, a gap insurance between your bank account and your liability. So it's called excess liability, mm -hmm. right? So you put it on top of your auto insurance and your home insurance, right? So, so in no case matter what, they can't come after you. Your personal. Got right? Your personal account. Very important because, oh. you know, it happens in Florida right now, right? Like you, somebody hits you. You're, you know, you got an athlete hits you in a G-Wagon and you're like, oh, yeah. hell yeah, right? My neck hurts, my, my back neck hurts, hurts right? I'm going to sue you. The car, most auto insurance only require 300000 on the lease, right? Uh -huh. So anything after that, if I can show in court that I should get more money, yeah. well, now I'm coming after your personal account, right? Sure. You're going to have to pay me somehow, yeah. right? Yeah. So umbrella insurance protects that. Mm -hmm. And umbrella insurance is so cheap, like I think a million dollars might be 100 bucks a month. Like yeah, it's, athletes ain't trying An to athlete... I tell my guys, it's an, like if you want to work with me, you're buying umbrella. I don't care. Yeah. Like, don't work with me then, because yeah. you're not gonna get sued. And then some smart guy is gonna be like, "Who's your insurance advisor, Eugene?" I can't believe you didn't tell you to get umbrella insurance. Yeah, I got you. Um, so boat insurance, in case your boat gets effed up, right? You don't want it sinking, yeah. right? But boat insurance, you shouldn't be buying boats. You should just rent them. Exactly. Um, and then collectibles, art, and wine. So in case all the unnecessary junk you blow your money on gets effed up, right? Okay. Like. I see so many guys. There's an article that came out. There's like Le'Veon Bell had like the jewelry. The jewelry, right? That's the worst one. That's the number one for guys is jewelry. Do you know how cheap jewelry insurance is? No. It's ridiculous. I think I paid, it's nothing. I think it's like three hundred, four hundred bucks a from year. what I saw. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Just buy it. Yeah, well, sure. I got my safe, and I don't go anywhere, so I'm but good like, right now. Right, just insurance is so cheap. But those guys, you get drunk in the club, the girl steals their jewelry. <laughs> And you always see it. They steal the jewelry, they leave out, they got them on video in the elevator, and yeah. they never get the money back. Or they try and claim double what the actual price of the jewelry is, which most of the time is probably fake anyway. But they end up getting it, or not getting it, based off of the fact that they're getting robbed. But guys don't see, and that's a big one, because guys are targets, like you said, with the umbrella, and that somebody's always trying to look to get something out of them. And that's one thing guys fail to realize, and I had Earl on here, uh, Earl Wolf yep. uh, a few episodes ago and he was a target of a burglary and they didn't know he was a football player until he got they were in the car and everything but once they figured that out they were saying oh let's go in your bank account let's get this let's get that and they easily could have just robbed him and, and left him on the side of the street and that would have been it but guys don't realize that they're constantly always targets even if shoot they, they could have been done with the game four or five years later and they can still be a target just based off the simple fact of, oh, well, let me look up your contract. Yep. What'd you make in 2013? Oh, then you probably, if you made five million, you probably still have that five million somewhere yep. in your account or something. So those are the things that guys don't, all athletes, even people don't realize in the day-to-day -day life is just, just about me. Nothing can happen to me. I'm fine. And then all of a sudden when it happens, it's like, oh, shoot, 
What do I do next? There's a saying, it's better to buy insurance five years too early mm -hmm. than one day too late, right? Like, yeah. it's, everybody needs insurance when they need it. They're like, oh, you know, I need it. Yeah. Um, and I use that for disability insurance for normal people is really interesting because if there's something wrong with you, you can't get disability insurance, right? Mm -hmm. So like, um, or an athlete, right? So like, if you are, don't buy disability insurance and you hurt your ACL, right? That left knee is not insured anymore, right? So what I always tell my guys, like you wanna buy insurance early to lock in your body, uh -huh. to take you into a contract year. Gotcha. Right, because you can buy, Lloyd's of London will give you three, two or three year guarantee insurance contract, right? Okay. That you're not obligated to pay your two, your three, mm -hmm. but they are obligated to renew you. Gotcha. So it's a no-brainer. So you might pay maybe a couple more dollars a year on it. Mm -hmm. But what I tell my guys that are in year two and three, so I believe, so on the record, I don't think rookies should buy disability insurance because rookies can get cut. First off, if you're a high-priced rookie, so first three rounds, you have, I think, two-year guarantees on your contract, mm -hmm. right? So I don't think rookies should buy disability insurance. I don't believe in it. I will tell all my rookies' clients, let's make sure you're in line for that second deal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And as you know, once you make it to the NFL, it doesn't matter if you're first-round draft pick or undrafted. Exactly. Right? Like, once you're on the field... None of that matters. None of that matters. Yeah. Right? So rookies don't need disability, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Right? Because mm -hmm. they can't qualify for loss of value, and they have enough money coming in. Yeah. So, but once you get in a second or third year player, so like, let's use a guy like, uh, who's good in the second or third player? Second or third recently, or yeah. just in the past? Recently. <sighs> yeah, you'd have AJ to AJ Brown, the wide receiver of the Titans. Okay. We know that he's a sophomore right now. Mm -hmm. We know that is it a, it's an absolute certainty that he's getting 80 to $100 million. Yeah. In the next three years. Mm -hmm. So he's got two years left on his deal, mm -hmm. possibly a franchise tag, yeah. right? Yeah. And then the big money coming in. Yeah. That's a certainty. Mm -hmm. What we want to do is we want to insure his body. So what I would do with a guy like A.J. Brown is you, buy, you lock in a three-year policy on a disability only. For next year you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. And year after that and year after that. Mm -hmm. And now if he tore his ACL this year, mm -hmm. it'd still be insured until year five. Wow. And then he would still make the hundred or whatever if he, after he if comes he doesn't, back. If he doesn't, then... He gets that money. He gets insurance money. Now, I remember you, were, you did the math, and I didn't even think about that when we were talking about uh, Dak. Now, how does that work from the math if he does... He so, doesn't get that hundred million. What is the math on that for people that don't know or young guys yeah, that are trying so, to listen and don't know? So Dak is a really interesting situation, right? So Dak was in a, and Dak is not my client. Full well, I was disclosure. talking about AJ when, yeah. in, in relation to what we were talking but about. But Dak, Dak actually did get hurt, right? Yeah. So it's interesting, right? And I had a lot of people message me about Dak, uh -huh. right? So Dak, Dak is not my client, so I don't know exactly what he have. I have an idea. Mm -hmm. So he could have two kinds of loss of value policies, mm -hmm. right? He can have an annual per year loss of value policy, which means that if Dak Prescott doesn't get paid next year what the threshold of the insurance policy is, mm -hmm. which is 20 million, yeah. you know, for him, right? Yeah. He makes up the difference. Mm -hmm. That makes zero sense for him. Yeah. Because the Cowboys are gonna refranchise tag him or whatever the second tag is called. Yeah. 
and it's going to be 36, 37 million, which is more than the 20. Than the 20 million. It means yeah. the policy doesn't pay. Yeah. Okay. And the second loss of value is total career earnings for loss of value, mm -hmm. right? So is Dak Prescott going to make a hundred million dollars over the next five years at a twenty million dollar average, mm -hmm. right? Which is, in his case, what he would need to have, right? Mm -hmm. However, you would need mathematically to say, is he going to get to a hundred million? Doesn't matter how he can get. 30 million year one, 30 million year two, now he's at 60 million, mm -hmm. and zero year three, four, and five, now he's at 60, 100 minus 60, there's a $40 million uh, difference. So right? he would get that? He would get whatever the insurance policy was, right? Okay. If it's 10 million, he get full 10 million. Now would that be from the three years that you're talking about with AJ the same thing, or would it just AJ, it? No, so AJ is just disability only because he's not in a contract year. So the only way you get loss of value, mm -hmm is a true contract year. So Dak wasn't a contract year, he right? He wasn't a contract year, yes. So he, but the thing with the long insurance loss of value is that you have to understand that if it's $100 million in the next five years, mm -hmm. we're gonna have to wait till year five and see how much he has earned. Yeah, right? before you can actually- Collect on it. Got you, okay. Right, so what's interesting is like, I see the media is like, oh, the Dak have insurance, you know? Like if he had a true, if he had an annual per year loss of value, it won't pay. Yeah. It just won't pay. Yeah. Right? If he had a um, a career earnings loss of value, then we still won't know for next, whatever the threshold was, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's three, four, five years to get to that point to see if he's going to earn the total okay. amount of that insurance. Gotcha. Right? That makes and sense. A lot of times guys are like, oh, I got hurt. I got to get paid. No, no you don't. That's, Insurance companies are not in business to, to pay give out free money, yeah. right? It's an insurance that to protect against a cat catastrophe, yeah. right? Catastrophe is that got hurt. It's an ankle injury, by the way. Yeah. Not a catastrophic injury, yeah. right? Like Ryan Chazier was a back injury, catastrophic. I don't think he had an insurance policy because I remember Steelers exercised. They gave him $8 million, eight million. so he played. Well, he didn't play the <laughs> next year, but they left him on the roster, For which was $8 million, million, and then... Which, he got, got yeah. we got retired, well, retire, release, whatever it was. But I think the Steelers did the kind of a nice thing. They did the right thing. The right thing, They right. did the right thing, uh, yeah. The Dolphins did the right thing with a kid that lost oh, his lost arm. Lost his arm, yeah. Right? right, so, you know, he lost his arm. He wasn't going to make the team that year. Yeah. Like, let's call it spade a spade, yeah. right? He, was, he lost his arm. They put him on an active roster. They gave him $450,000, basically. Yeah. Right? But the fact with that kid, for example, is that, you know, we talked earlier about in football, the guys they needed, can't afford insurance, mm -hmm. and the ones that can't afford it don't really need it. Yeah. Right? Like Dak, Dak doesn't really need insurance. He made $35 million this year. Yeah. Right? This kid was a practice squad guy making, you know, $6,000 a week, mm -hmm. lost his arm in a car accident. Yeah. That freak incident that we're talking about, yeah. right? Wasn't even playing, by the way, mm -hmm. right? Car accident, which I don't think even was his fault. No, no it wasn't. Somebody else, like, ran him. Hit him, right? Yeah. Like, that's a freak accident. Yeah. But... A million dollar policy for that guy is ten mil ten thousand dollars. Yeah. He can't afford he can't. ten thousand. Mm -hmm. He just can't. I don't care what people say, I don't care what I will you what be able Bob to. at a cubicle who's an accountant will say, Oh, well yes he can, he makes hundred eighty thousand, it's only ten percent. No, yeah. he can't afford ten thousand dollars if he's on a practice squad I'm making six thousand a week. Six a week, which is not guaranteed. Before taxes though. Before taxes. That's like what, three thousand, maybe. The way. Yeah, that's true. Because you be cut the next week, and you only make for one week. You've been there. Guy make six thousand. Half ten thousand in his bank account. If that, you're right about that. So that's the thing, right? And that's the Dolphins did the right thing by him, but yeah. he only got four hundred fifty thousand still. Yeah, still. Right. Because remember, insurance 
money is tax free. Yes. So he got four fifty as a he made the as team as a player. As a player. So after taxes, it was still two hundred thousand. Well, that's crazy. Well, at least they helped him out, which is good. And I also, I know you gave me this book. And yeah, it, my and favorite. Who moved my cheese? You gave it to me as a gift. Yep. And when you started t- telling me about it, it goes along with everything that's going on today, right now. 2020 is who moved my cheese. Our cheese is being moved like yeah, crazy. 2020 has been a, a weird year. I want you to explain this to me. For the people that might not read this book, I want you to explain it because I, I think I'm going to read off, it tonight. The Spencer Johnson guy, if he's going to listen. He better. I've posted about the book. I buy, like, I have like 20 or 30 copies in my house and I send it to people. Uh-huh. It's an easiest book. I read it once every six months. I think, you know, my girlfriend's going to listen. She's going to laugh because I just read it on a flight back. I, the flight was three hours. I read it before the flight landed. Like, it was, you read it in an hour. Okay. Right? And it's about the cheese is this metaphorical thing. Everybody has their own cheese, mm-hmm. right? For athletes, it's the career of being an athlete, yeah. right? The, the glory, the contract, the fame, yeah. the money. Yeah. For me, it might be, you know, my business. For you, it might be your dogs or your family. Whatever the cheese is, right? Yeah. But there's these two little mice and two little humans, right? And they're in this maze, and every day they wake up, they go and they go get that cheese. Mm-hmm. The cheese, they go home, they slip back, whatever, right? One day they go to the cheese spot, and the cheese is gone. Well, the mice, they're very, they're simple-minded, yeah. right? So they're, you know, wake up, we're onto the cheese, it's not there. No big deal, we'll go find new cheese, right? And then go. Mm-hmm. Humans are a little more difficult, right? We have an attachment to the, the metaphorical cheese that we have, yeah. right? And we always want to, you know, if the cheese is gone, we have ways, two ways to react to that, right? Is we can complain about it mm-hmm. and we can stress about it and we can hope that the old cheese is going to come back yeah. without knowing if it will or will not, yeah. right? Or... Well, in this book, there's two humans. One is that guy, mm-hmm. right? Another one, we can say, we can wait for the cheese to come back. We can see it's not coming back. We can go find new cheese. And the upside of finding new cheese is the new cheese, more often than not, is actually going to be better than the old cheese. True. Right? Mm-hmm. And in this book, there's two humans. The mice found their cheese fast, right? They're talking about the simplicity of just boom, 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 keep looking for the cheese, right? Yeah. The humans are... They kept going to the same spot over and over again and not finding the cheese. And the one guy was like, sorry. And the one guy was like, I'm going to find new cheese. Do you want to come with me? The guy's like, no, man. The, the, the old cheese is coming back. Yeah. Like, we, we own this cheese. Like, we deserve this cheese, right? Somebody's going to bring it back to us, yeah. right? And it never came back, mm-hmm. right? And the new guy found more cheese, better cheese. He invited the guy to come try the stuff, and he still wouldn't. He wanted the old stuff, right? Wow. And... In, in you know in our conversation, you can tie it up to 2020, which is a lot of changes, right? And yeah. 2020 is all about, I call it evolve or die, yeah. right? Like yeah. COVID is going nowhere. Mm-hmm. The masks are going nowhere. Uh, human interaction, as much as it's needed, is being now on limited basis, yeah. right? We must adapt. And people that are thinking, like I hear a lot of times people are like, Oh, when all this is over. And I'm like, I hate to tell this to you. It's not going to be over. (laughs) Yeah. Right? And it's, you think one day the government's going to say, you know, COVID is not as dangerous and people are going to stop wearing masks? Yeah. No. No. Mm -mm. It's going to be like, I saw your house. You you have the the hand sanitizer sanitizer. attached to the wall. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, 
you're so used to hand sanitizing now, right? Mm -hmm. Why would you not want to kill the germs on your hand? Like, yeah, I've never used hand sanitizer before this year. You know, as gross as it is, but like not a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. But now I'm used to that, right? Like mm -hmm. now I've hand hand sanitizer my car. You adapted. I adapted, right? Yeah. I it's and businesses are if they don't have masks in their restaurant. Like imagine. You walk into a restaurant and they're like, where's this hand sanitizer? Like, oh, we don't have it. You're like, what? I'm yeah. not coming back here. Yeah. Right? Because we're trained now to the COVID train, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with athletes, right? Like, their their cheese is their career, their everything, and their cheese ends, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of guys, you have friends, that thinking that they're going to come back. Yeah. They keep training, yeah, right? Yeah. And they refuse to believe that it's, that it's, it's over. over. Mm -hmm. And the ones that we talked earlier about this, right, the ones that acknowledge that it's over the fastest mm -hmm. have now, you know, move on fast. They find new hobbies. They might find better hobbies. Mm -hmm. I saw on Twitter yesterday, I was watching the Monday Night Football game, and somebody tweeted and Joe Montana retweeted him and said thank you, but they said that it's hard to find that Joe Montana is ridiculously successful venture capitalist fund. And it's like, the guy tweeted, is like, it's hard to under to to meet a human mm -hmm. that is so successful at two things, right? Yeah. But Joe Montana probably wasn't a venture capitalist while he's throwing touchdowns no, for San Francisco, not. right? No. But he evolved. Yeah. And he found probably better cheese. Yeah. He's probably more happier now. His body doesn't hurt. Exactly. He's probably making as much money, exactly, right? Yeah. And what's important to understand is that like we all have to adapt. And when I read the book for the first time. I, I, everything in life is like, my cheese has moved cool, dude. Like, yeah. your client, you lose a client, new clients. You might get two or three new clients. New, right? Yeah. As long as you wake up and you're positive and do things, move forward, always move forward, right? I like that. I always say, I don't care about the past. I don't care about the present and I care about the future. Mm -hmm. Because the present, the past can't do, I can't change the past, mm -hmm. right? And if I dwell on the past in my present, then it's going to affect my future, exactly. right? And the future, it, it, it's very simple. All future is is a product of what you did in your present, not in your past. Mm -hmm. What you're doing today, what I'm doing today is going to yield the fruits in February, March, April of 2021, mm -hmm. right? And selfishly, I've had a very successful 2020 business-wise. That ain't selfish. But people say, how, how? And that's because, this is not because I came up with us, you know, some you know weird idea of how to do business in 2020. Yeah. No, because I've worked so hard in 2018, 17, 18, 19, that all 2020 was is the fruits of my labor. So, and my fruits were so strong mm -hmm. that COVID didn't really affect it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and because of, you know, I have a lot of business on social media, right? And I talk a lot on social media. That's my marketing platform, yeah. right? But because I've established credibility on that platform, right, in the last two, three years, it yielded the fruits of having an audience to listen. And so because I branded myself and created, you know, became a trustworthy advisor yeah. and people trusted my opinion, when people start needing life insurance in okay, 2020... Yeah. They came to me. Yeah. They said, oh, I know Eugene. Eugene's a good dude. I've known Eugene personally, and I trust him, right? Yeah. But all of that is because what I did in the past, yeah. right? And if people want something better in the future, things don't turn overnight, right? Mm -hmm. Very rarely uh, there is a Mark Zuckerberg's of mm -hmm. the Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. And 
if you want successful 2021, you better like do something in 19 and 20. Yeah. So like you are tomorrow's like what the books you read, the people you surround yourself with, right? Everything that you do is what the f will yield the fruits later on, right? Yeah. And that's what I'm a big believer in, right? Yeah. And it's just do stuff today to do tomorrow. And a lot of it happened when I read the book. And I read the book to always, because you always want to resharpen yourself a little bit. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll get pissed off or you happen in life, right? And bad things happen and business happens and you lose a client or you lose, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're, your camera quits on you. You're like, man, like I, I like my camera, guys. Don't and, do that. Right? And <laughs> Or something happens, right? But uh -huh. you're adapt, right? Yeah. It's either in 2020 and moving on, it's adapt or die, yeah. right? Just evolve. It's all about evolving, right? Yeah. And I think that book speaks a lot of it. And look, sure. you're a huge fan of that. From your own words, that was even more important. I can't, I can't even say anything else about that. You hit it spot on. So I'm definitely going to read it tonight. And I'm going to have these guys read it right after. Yeah. But I, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you giving me the knowledge of stuff that I didn't even think about before. I'm really thinking about now. And, and hopefully I can pass on to other guys that are, like you're saying, in this, this world of transition where they want to figure it out, but they're so stuck in the past of what used to be great. The, the fans, the, the money, the, the attention, all of that stuff is now gone and they're just still holding on and to it's it. it's not coming back. That's it Remember isn't. we talked about athletes being the that. only profession that you can redo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's literally, I, I was trying to think what else is you can redo. There's nothing else. Nothing. Yeah. You nothing can else. literally redo any career mm -hmm. except playing sports. Yeah. Even a singer, unless you lose your voice, right? Yeah. You can, we talk about Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Like, he hasn't done an album in 10 years, right? Do one tomorrow. He can drop an album tomorrow, yeah. everybody's jamming out to yeah, him, right? And exactly. he's making money, right? Yeah. Actors can react, right? Yeah. Athletes can wake up. You can, if you need money, you need new cheese, right? Yeah. Like new ways to earn a living. Yeah. And things doesn't happen overnight. Maybe this podcast is generating income, right? Mm -hmm. But that takes time. I think you've, I think you've been doing your podcast yeah, it now takes for, time, yeah. for years, right? Yeah. All this well, we just started now this year, but all the other stuff that I have, like you were saying, from not aside from this, the other business that I've had had to have been set up from the time I stopped playing until now. So this wasn't, everybody's seeing it now. Yeah, it has led me here. Your failures, your successes Everything. led you here, right? Everything. And whatever you do later on in life, something that you might have a guy come in on a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Then you guys are going to vibe and maybe start a crazy business together, right? And mm -hmm. and this business is selling for millions, right? And mm -hmm. one day somebody's like, how did you become so successful? You're like, well, you know, I play football. That led me to one business. Then it led me to the podcast. Then it led me to this guy I met, mm -hmm. Bob. And me and Bob started this business together, right? Mm -hmm. Bob didn't just fall into your lap. Yeah. It, the, it was a fruit of what you did in the past. Exactly. And that's all it is, man. It's yeah. like, if you do shit like that's, you, you do good stuff for the, today, mm -hmm. that means statistically tomorrow and day after tomorrow will be good. It's exactly. like, if you plant the tree and you water it, the fruits are going to come. It's just yeah. inevitable, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's just, you know, you do things, you read books, you be around good people. You try to get better in business, personal, mentally, physically, spiritually, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I don't worry. I, there's a saying, it's like worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but gives you nowhere. Exactly. I don't worry. Like, I, I came from Russia with nothing. Like, you don't need to worry. Like, what's you the worst? Up, like, you yeah. come back, you know. You're not going back. No, but what's the worst that could happen, right? Yeah. Like, you, people always afraid of what's the worst, right? Yeah. I always like, uh, the beautiful apartment I have, the cars, the things, like, it's all. But why even put that in your mind of stuff that 
might it's not going to happen. It's not but why happen. keep worrying and put that in your mind every single a lot day? Of people think about that because you just end up bringing that to fruition, and you're just like, oh well, I knew it was going to happen. Instead of thinking positively and think, well, this is what I'm going to do. Like when you start, you're like, this is how it's going to be. Even though it's not going on right now, I know I'm going to have the clients. I know I'm going to have the people come and ask me, and you stuck with it. And now you see where it's it's gotten you, and everybody's Eugene. I need to call Eugene. Oh, yeah. let me go on Instagram. Let me look for Eugene. So. Definitely, man. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate, no, I appreciate the knowledge, it. man. And, and I'm, I'm happy to see where you've been from 2010 to, to 2020, crazy man. Growth. I, That's crazy growth. It is. It, it's, it's funny how and life I, is. Yeah, it's awesome to see you, dude. You're doing great. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's like what you said. It was the stuff that I knew when I was playing football to have a sense of what I wanted to do when I got out the game. So when I got out of the game, I was able to close that one part of my life. When I got released from Dallas, I was like, okay, this is it. How long did you take you to like... A year at least? Or you're like, I'm done? It took, well, maybe a year. And it was the last workout that I had. And it was just, by that time in my mind, I knew I wanted to spend time with my son. I wanted to spend more time with my family. I wanted to have a life outside of football. And it became easy for me to just say, you know what? I'm not doing any more workouts. If I'm going to do a workout, it has to be that team's going to sign me then and there. But I'm not going anywhere to do workouts. I'm not just going just so you can see me run around. You've had eight years to see what I can do. If you don't believe I can still do it, and don't even bother bringing me. But isn't important that fact that you set up yourself financially over eight years yeah. to make that decision, right? That's what we're talking that about, is, right? Yeah. Like, if you need it, if you blew the money, right? Then I would probably still be trying to play. You yeah. in Canada, right? Yeah, I probably would have, yeah. And a lot of guys, what happens is they, they need the money, yeah. right? They didn't save enough, yeah. and they didn't meet enough people for the network, right? It's always yeah. the network, right? Mm -hmm. There's an article, I'm not trying to veer off, but there's no, an article good. I read that I share a lot. And I th it was written by, remember Sean Springs, the corner yeah, of the Yeah, he played for uh, Redskins. Redskins yeah. yeah. He wrote an article, and if I find it, I'll email it to you. But right. a long time ago, I read it. And he said in there that while he was playing, mm -hmm. he said yes to all the charity events, all the networking events, mm -hmm. all free everywhere that he can go and get access to people that a normal 20-year-old kid mm -hmm. from where he was from wouldn't get access to. Yeah. And what's really interesting because he talks about that the moment you stop playing, those invites stop. Yeah, no, almost instantly. Immediately, because yeah. they want oh, they want Nolan Carroll. The, they don't want the, Nolan Carroll. The former player. They, they want, want the Nolan current Carroll, player. Nolan Carroll, the Miami Dolphins corner, yeah. right? Yeah. Now the, the, your fans can talk about or golf with you or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. But what happens is you create a network at those events. Mm -hmm. And I always tell all my young guys, like, you want a successful post-sport career, mm -hmm network yeah go and meet those wealthy people even if you open don't want doors to. even if you don't want because to because they'll open doors for you mm -hmm. they're the ones that's going to hire you later mm -hmm. they're the one that are going to do business with you later mm -hmm. they're the ones that are going to open up your next 30 40 years of your life mm -hmm. and if you don't meet them now sadly you probably never meet them you're not going to meet them after you finish playing mm -hmm. right and I was reading that article, and it's so true. And he's very successful. He does something. He does business. He's successful now, right? Well, he has the the helmets. You know, he, yes. he he's uh, the impact inside that's the helmets. What it was, right? He does that now, and he's getting the NFL is paying him crazy money for that. But he said he learned. That's what it was. He's talking about his business, mm -hmm. and he was interviewed, and he's talking about that everything that he does now was taught because he kept going and meeting people mm -hmm. that he wouldn't have access to prior. Yeah. So he's like, you want to sit down with. You know, the owners, and you won those meetings. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go to live and hang out with the homies from, from you know, from the back when, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, 
you want to go and go to dinner with the owner yeah. or the, the big sponsors, right? It goes to or what you were saying. Right? What you're saying, live in the past or the present to set you up for the, the future instead of going in the past and yeah. hanging out and doing that stuff. So it's A lot of times, like, oh, my people are so important to you. If you're not, if they're not bringing value, it, it makes no sense to really have them hang around because they're just leeching off you. They're yep. taking the value away from you. Exactly. And then that article, I gotta find that. It was I just thought of, but it's so important because he talks about like talks access, right? Yeah. Being a professional athlete gives you access that you would access that I didn't have, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm 37 now, right? And mm -hmm. I'm getting where I want to be, but I didn't have access that I have now yeah. at 22, 23, 25. You know, I was just a young kid trying to figure it out, yeah. right? I didn't come from a wealthy family, so my parents didn't have the network, yeah. right? Uh -huh. um, my friends didn't have the network. I went to school in Ohio, yeah. right? When I came here, I didn't know the, the, the people that control Florida, the people that run Florida, yeah. the people that make things move in Florida, mm -hmm. right? And over time, being successful allowed me to get into those doors and yeah. now I'm getting those doors right I'm getting yeah. into the business partnerships and meetings with people that it's funny because I always being a president opens it for me literally having a title of a president yeah. opens it because I'm smart yeah I know that if I'm ever put in a situation to wow somebody I can do it yeah. right but you got to be put in that position yeah right mm -hmm. and I didn't have that before right and athletes have that access early on in their lives and they have to. That's the, one of the biggest things that you can do mm -hmm. is go to that boring golf outing, <laughs> that boring charity event, yeah. that boring fundraiser because m people that you want to meet after sports are there. Yeah. They're not at live. Yeah. They're just yeah. not, right? Yeah. They're not at, at, at a nightclub. Mm -hmm. They're not sitting next to your couch smoking weed with you, right? Yeah. Like they're those events yeah. and that's where you want to be because one person can change your life mm -hmm. and that's like, honestly like, that's kind of we probably should finish on but like one person <laughs> that one person that one contact mm -hmm. can change everything that's true right and well guys got to look at it that way as an investment when you go to these things and that's that's where they got to listen to podcasts like yours well shoot hopefully hopefully it's where it gets out but it's definitely been a pleasure and, and hopefully anybody that hears this you can gain the information that you guys got from Eugene because I think out of each week they get better and better and I think this is one that pertains to everybody and yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where just with everything that's going on in the world and stuff that might happen 2020 and beyond 2021 and beyond we need to prepare ourselves we need to have some type of action plan don't worry about if it works or, or it won't just make sure you get yourself right now so then when it does happen you're prepared for it and you don't have to continue to worry about it so I definitely thank yeah, you for sure. for coming on man and giving me the info and Give me the book. My little present to you is this this mug. Oh, that, that's mine. This is it's rare. People don't just get this. You come on the show and you get it, man. I like it. I have to start coming maybe one more time so I get a matching set. I'll get you another one if you come <laughs> on, man. So definitely, I appreciate it as always. No, I appreciate it, man. No Thank problem. You no problem, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.